Well, tonight we have, as I quickly mentioned before, Emerge. What that is, is we get three upcoming amazing speakers to come and share their heart with you guys tonight. We're speaking into the theme, Jesus is. You might have been here all December, hearing different revelations of who Jesus is. Tonight, we're gonna get to hear three people's revelation about the aspect of Jesus that they're speaking on tonight. I'm so excited. Whenever someone says that they're speaking about Jesus, I'm like, come on, I wanna know something else. I wanna receive revelation. So I just wanna build you guys up to say, lean in. Like there's different things. People receive different revelations. And tonight, that might be you that receives it from them. So just lean in, get expectant. And we're gonna just welcome up our first speaker in a moment. She is an amazing 6 p.m. service leader, helping run tonight, helping run so much more. Actually, she's on our staff. She does so much behind the scenes and just such an amazing faithful leader with so much love for people. So I want you guys to give a massive welcome to Katie Sutton. Hello everyone, you can take a seat. Thank you so much band, you absolutely smashed it. You guys can go. How awesome are our band? So good to be here tonight and I'm super excited to speak on Jesus Is. So awesome. It is only a few days away from Christmas and I'm excited because I have literally had my tree up since November. I've been counting down hardcore but... (laughs) You know, I just want to take a moment to firstly honor our amazing senior pastors, Pastor John and Dan. You know, they are amazing men and women of God. They literally are fearless. They love God. They love people. And I'm just so thankful for all that they do and thankful to be under their leadership. And so we love you, Pastor John and Dan. You'll probably be listening later, but they're awesome. So let's just give it up for them. So awesome. Well, who here would agree that, you know, the more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know about them? Yep, that's true. Well, I've now been um, married to my husband, Keegan, for almost a year and a half now, which is crazy. And on the 26th of January, we will have actually been dating for four years, which is crazy. Time flies, right? But um, a couple of weeks ago, we actually went to Malulava and we walked along the beach and we got ice cream from Ben and Jerry's, which is something that we used to do in the early days of our dating. And it brought back all the memories, all the feels. It was awesome. But it made me realize that I knew Keegan a whole lot better than I did four years ago. And I think he would say the same about me. You learn a lot when you marry someone. All the good things, all the normal things, all the weird habits. It's awesome. Um, you know, not that I'm saying it's probably me <laughs> with the weird habits, but um, it made me think how much this is true with Jesus, right? The more time we spend with him, the more we get to know about him. And I grew up in a Christian family, so, um, and as I got older, my faith changed from a belief that I'd inherited from my parents to a personal relationship. And I found that the more I spent time with Jesus, the more I discovered about him. You know, I discovered who he was to me, that he's freedom, he's hope, he's love, he's peace, he's joy, he's purpose. But a couple of years ago, um, I found out suddenly, unexpectedly, um, me and my family, that my granddad was diagnosed with like cancer and it was in really late stages. And within three weeks of finding that out, he was like super healthy before, like we thought, um, he actually passed away, which was a hard time, right, for me. <laughs> it's a hard time when something like that happens. But, you know, in this time, 
Um, I really discovered what Jesus dying on the cross meant for me, and it meant victory. So tonight I want to speak on Jesus is victory. You know, when we have a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that he lives on the inside of us. And so because he's victory, that means that we also are victorious. You see, not only did Jesus die on the cross for us because of his great love for us, but he actually conquered death. He rose again so that we could all have a relationship with him. And he died so that we could have eternal life. He overcame death so that nothing could separate us from his love. And in him, we are victorious. We have victory over fear, victory over depression, victory over sickness, victory over every single circumstance. Because when Jesus died and rose again, he was victorious. In Romans 8:37 to 39, it says this, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, nothing can, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You know, so my question tonight is, are you living life as a victor? The truth is that, um, you know, in John 16, it says this, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, um, and the truth is that when we become followers of Jesus, we're not immune to troubles of this world. That's the reality, right? But in knowing Jesus, we have hope, we have peace, and we know that he is king of kings and that he is victorious. So, you know, how do we live a life of victory? Well, firstly, we draw close to Jesus. We start each day spending time with him through prayer and worship and reading the Bible. And, you know, when I found that my grandpa was sick, um, my... He actually lived in the UK, so my mum had to go over there. My dad was working away, and I was at home with my brothers. And I just really had to push into God. There was nothing else I could do. I just had to draw from him. And, you know, when I did that, I felt like he was my peace. He was my comfort. He was my strength. And, you know, I could lift my spirit because of that. I felt like an overcomer. But, you know, the opposite is true that when we don't draw near to God, that we can feel overcome, we can feel unmotivated, we can feel discouraged. So it's so good to draw close to God. But, you know, secondly, we declare victory over our circumstances. We need to get God's word on the inside of us because God's word is truth. So when faced with troubles, that's what needs to come out of us, right? I remember in that time, I literally would sit and say, You know, God works all things together for good. God works all things together for good. God works all things together for good until I felt a lift in my spirit and my focus on Jesus, you know, because he is victorious and it helps. And, you know, in doing this, declaring victory over our lives, we can just get rid of those negative thoughts in our mind. And thirdly, we need to surround ourselves with people that lift us up. I've been part of a group for almost five years now. And honestly, like they're my biggest encouragers, my biggest supporters. And when things were tough with my granddad, my mum and dad's connect group, my group, they all rallied around us. They were providing us meals. They were sending us encouraging texts, praying for us and lifting us up. And I honestly don't think I could have got through that time without them. So it's so important that you do, you surround yourself with people that believe in God's power, that love him, that love you, that lift you up and just speak life into your life. You know, so my challenge to you tonight is, 
You know, make it as priority to spend time with Jesus first up. You know, declare victory over your life. Just get some scriptures that you speak out and, you know, join a group. And that can be so simple, just like going out tonight to the next step zone and signing up and you'll meet some awesome people through doing that. But, you know, I just really pray my one prayer for you tonight is that you would just know that because Jesus is inside of you, that you are victorious and that you're going to have the best 2020 ever. Awesome. Thank you so much. So awesome. Some amazing little nuggets of truth in there. I love that. Getting plugged into a group, spending time with Jesus, getting the word on the inside of you. And I do love that as well. Hey, like we're not promised that we won't have any trouble, but we are promised victory. That's so exciting. So awesome. I uh, have the amazing honor right now of welcoming up for the very first time, which is so exciting. One of our amazing youth leaders, amazing interns, someone that helps out at Alpha and does really a lot of, like Katie, behind the scenes work in our church, just strengthening people, building them up. So I want you guys just to stand with me, honor her, clap her. We're going to welcome up Sarah Rubilis. Thank you so much, guys. It's such an um, honor to be here right now. Um, For those who don't know me, my name is Sarah, and I've been attending this church for about a year now, which is amazing. Um, I'd just like to begin by saying, yeah, what an honor it is to be a part of the C3 Powerhouse family and just have the opportunity to share a little bit of my heart here with you tonight. Um, And I also want to take a moment to also honor Pastor John and Dan and the amazing leaders and senior pastors that they are. Um, through their hearts for Jesus and love for people, I personally have been so touched and blessed by them. And I know that everyone that serves under them, under their leadership, has also been blessed by them. So I just honor them right now. Um, all right. So tonight I'm going to be talking about how Jesus is a restorer. And how for me, he has completely transformed my life and done the most amazing work of restoration in me. So last year, before I had Jesus in my life, I'd come out of a really messy relationship that I'd been in for about five years. The feelings of guilt and heartbreak that I felt after leaving was something that I'd never felt before. This big change led me to, really, to a really uncomfortable realization within myself that my whole identity and self-worth was caught up in a relationship, a person, well, that was loud, (laughs) what people thought of me and what my life looked like from the outside. I felt like I woke up one day and suddenly hated every part of who I was and what my life had become. This really, yeah, this was me at rock bottom. I spent about six months living out of feelings of shame, guilt, self-hate and feeling like there was no way out. Um, And this was just last year. I recall all I could think is I can't do this anymore. I can't escape this no matter what I do. And nothing that used to make me feel happy was working anymore. I got to the point where I was fighting thoughts and dreams about not not wanting to live anymore. And this really scared me. I was in such a dark place that I was convinced that, that God wasn't going to love or forgive a wreck like me. My journey with Jesus began from this place. With little to no hope... But, praise God, that from this place, I found myself here at church, desperately searching for him and his help. (laughs) Through beginning a relationship with Jesus, I realized this, that there's no amount of mistakes um, or anything that you can do that can disqualify us from his love and forgiveness, or that can keep him from wanting to know us. In Romans 8.38, it says this, 
I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. And for me, that was the most incredible truth to realize um, and to really let into my heart. Um, But if you're anything like me, you might have have a hard time believing this, especially if you're right in the middle of the struggle or the valley. It could be heartache from a relationship, family breakdown, depression, anxiety, guilt, regret. There's so many things that can lead us to that place of feeling that we are separate from God and his love. But coming out of that place, I just want to talk about a couple of things that I've done that have helped me on the journey of Jesus restoring me. The first was simply this, showing up. Showing up to church was absolutely everything for me at my worst time. I just kept showing up every week, even though I was fighting anxiousness and voices in my head telling me that I'm not forgiven or loved or that this wouldn't work for me. I just kept showing up no matter what, even when I didn't feel like it, even when I was completely overwhelmed by the thought of it. And I found that over time, being in this atmosphere of God's presence, it helped me to heal and to experience his love and peace. I'd never experienced this peace. I was starting to feel the more that I came. So, of course, I just kept showing up. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I would read this scripture before I really knew Jesus personally and think things like, No way, my heart is way too messed up and there's no way I'll find him. But no, this scripture doesn't say only when your heart is whole or isn't broken will you seek me and then find me, or only when you've made no no mistakes and you seek me will you find me. It simply says this, you'll find Jesus when you begin to seek him with your whole heart. Wherever you are right now, you can find him if you just begin to look towards him and open your heart to him today. The second thing that has helped me is the word of God. And in particular, getting specific verses out of the Bible and speaking them out and learning what they really meant. God has done the most miraculous work in me through doing this. So I've just got a little picture that I want to share with you guys. Maybe? Yeah. Um, So just to show you guys something simple that I've done on my journey to get God's word and truth into the depth of my heart. I've just simply chosen one or two verses that, it's, um, that are in the Bible that applies to me, what I'm feeling, and my situation. And I've taken the time to just learn them, read them, write them, do whatever I can to get them into my heart. I just want to encourage you guys tonight to get a scripture or two and write it down, get it into your head, and know it until you believe it. At first, I didn't believe them or feel like there was any power in these words for, me, for my life. But I found that over time by reading them, memorizing them, reading them again and again and saying them out loud, that this cut through so many lies that I was believing about myself. It was through doing this that I had the realization and the revelation that in order for me to stop thinking the wrong things, that I needed to start thinking the right things. I had to replace the bad with the good. Now when I'm tired or doubtful or fear tries to creep in or... Um, memories from my past try to get in my head. I just um, look to these scriptures and this gives me so much joy and peace in knowing that these are the truths that I now know. So Jesus can restore your life like he has restored mine. And from the depth of my heart and through my own experience, I know that through doing these things and just pushing through and trusting him through the process, he will do all you are needing him to and meet you exactly where you are because Jesus is our restorer. And I would just love to close in prayer quickly. Just bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Lord God, we just pray right now 
as we draw near to you, God, and as we seek you, that you see us, Lord, and you want to meet us wherever we are at, and that there's nothing that you can't restore or put back together, God. And we just thank you for your peace and your love that surpasses all understanding, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. So amazing. Again, just some amazing truths in there. I once heard uh, someone say that, like, revelation and, and when you hear preaching, it's kind of like soap. It doesn't work unless you apply it. And so when you, when you hear people like Sarah talk about Jesus as the restorer, keep turning up, like, get the word into you. I'm telling you, it only works if you do it. So I just want to encourage you guys, begin to the, apply those to your life, and you'll soon watch the same miracle that happened in her life happen in yours, which is just so cool. So awesome, Sarah. I just get the... Uh, last honor of welcoming up our final speaker. He's probably one of the funniest guys in the church. Also has the most ridiculous bald head and I love it. <laughs> no, nah, but to honor him, seriously. There is no, like honestly, in terms of leadership capacity, I've served with him in youth. He runs so hard, but with so much love. He doesn't run to burnout. He, he fuels himself in God's love, serves people, loves people, is an absolute weapon in the worship team. So I just want you guys again, just to stand and we're going to welcome up Nick Hickman to come and speak. Y'all can sit down. Um, I like the run to, not to burn out, but to whatever you said. That was cool. I'm going to listen back to that. Um, that was cool. I'd, I'd just love to honor our senior pastors, Pastor John and Danielle. Um, they are absolute weapons. I like my life is totally different because of them. And they are some of the most selfless people I know. Um, they are some of the most generous people I know. And I love them to bits. And I'd just love to honor them tonight. So if we can give our hand for a se- our senior pastors. My Bible likes to close, so I'm going to chuck that in there in case it does. But um, tonight, we're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? So Daniel chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles with you, basically, King Nebuchadnezzar builds this massive statue, right? It's 60 cubits tall, and because I know we didn't all brush up in our cubits homework this morning, that translates to 30 meters, right? So 30 meter tall statue made of gold, and he's a bit nuts because he's like, everybody bow down and worship this when the music plays. He knows it's not a god. He built it, but he's like, we're going to worship it. And so when the music plays, everyone like bows down, stops whatever they're doing. Doesn't matter if you're like winning ping pong or anything like that. You bow down, you worship, right? Um, And if you don't, you get thrown in a furnace. So it's like high stakes here. It's not just like a slap on the wrist. And so what happens? Round one, music plays. Everyone bows down apart from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Um, Little free tip here is get good friends that won't, like, will do that sort of stuff with you. Um, Also, tonight we're talking about how Jesus is our salvation. Just sneaky one in there. Um, And so the king, right, summons Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because he's the king and he can do that. And he's like, you need to bow down or I'm going to kill you, right? And um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 16 answer the king and say, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They're being a bit sassy with him. Um, If this be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he'll deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. And um, so... They immediately went to faith, right? They immediately went to Jesus. They put their trust in Jesus straight away. 
And um, shocker, the king wasn't impressed, right? Um, and so the king's like, well, you're, you're going to die. So he gets them, and he's actually that angry that he gets the guys that do the furnace work to pump it up seven times hotter than usual. And, he, and apparently they didn't have measure twice cut once back then because the guards that threw them in didn't measure, and they got killed as well, right? So the, like the guards that threw them in, gone. And these guys get thrown into the fire, and then what happens, right? So three dudes, they get tied up, thrown into the fire, and the king, in verse 24, says, he was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered, but I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, right? Spoiler, it's Jesus. Um, and so Jesus is literally in there with them in the fire, right? And it's all, all they had to do was trust Jesus, right? It's not like they had like their magic prayer they did. It's not like they fasted or anything like that. They just trusted Jesus and he came through for them. It's really simple, right? And so my question is, why don't we do this more, right? Like it seems really easy. And I was thinking about it and um, I feel like the Holy Spirit reminded me of this story. So um, I'm good friends with Pastor John and Pastor Dan's son, Jackson, and one time, we were driving to their house. They'd just moved houses into their new place. And so we're driving there, me and my brother Jacob, and like classic boys, we kind of didn't really know where we were going. We just kind of went and we're like, we'll, we'll figure it out. And we're driving around their suburb, and we could not figure it out, shockingly. And so I was like, and it was a state of origin night, and we're running a bit late. So I was like, I'll call Jackson. He can just tell me their address, punch it into maps. We'll be all good. And so I call, and um, I don't know if you know this, but Pastor John and Jackson sound really similar on the phone. And so I call, and Pastor John's on the other end, and he thinks it'll be very, very funny if he pretends to be Jackson. So he answers the phone, and I'm not, like, obviously not expecting this. So I'm like, hey, dude, what's your address? And he goes, who said you could come over? And I'm like, no, dude, dude, what's your address? And he's like, no, who said you could come over? And I was like, listen, we're running late what's your address? And he goes, no, who said you could come over? And I said, don't be a word you shouldn't say to your pastor. What's your address? And Pastor John straight away goes, what did you call me? And that was when the penny dropped in my head that it might not be Jackson I was speaking to. So I was like, is this Jackson? He goes, no. I'm like, it's Mitchell? <laughs> no. And Pastor John goes, think the other male in the house. And so I was so embarrassed and all that. I'm like, Jacob, just drop me home. I'm not going to go. If they see me on Sunday, nothing can happen. There's people around. I was like, and Jacob's like, no, I'm not dropping you home. We're running late. So I was like, cool, just drop me on the side of the road. I'll figure it out myself. And obvious, and Jacob's like, no, you're being dumb. So we go to their place. And um, obviously, Pastor John, full of grace, thinks it's hilarious, right? Um, but we do the exact same thing with Jesus, right? We do something or something happens to us and we're like, take me anywhere but Jesus. He's going to be angry at me. He's going to be disappointed. Take me home. Drop me on the side of the road. We're, we get so worried that he's going to be angry or disappointed in us and he just wants to help, right? And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't wait until they were like half burnt or anything like that before they called out to Jesus. Straight away, they were like, Jesus, we need your help right now and he came through for them. And so if I can just 
um, like push you or encourage you to do anything tonight. It's like make Jesus your number one call, right? He's there. He wants to help you. He wants to save you. And this is like, it's not like it's just when you say the wrong thing to your pastor, right? It's like everything. It's financially. It's your salvation, right? If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus yet, like um, step into a relationship with him. It's your relationships in your world, right? Your friendships and your family and all that. Anything in your world, Jesus wants to help you. And so I hope that's encouraged you tonight. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, can we give it up for Nick? That was amazing. I know we just clapped, but that was awesome. And um, for all of our speakers, actually, I love that Jesus is victorious, Jesus is our restorer, and Jesus is our salvation. We have such amazing young people in our church, and I'm so proud of all of them. Good job, guys.